What's up, everybody? Dustin Hart here for another edition of the AllMonster.com Monster Truck Podcast. No Robbie with us this week, but we do happen to have a pretty special guest. Uh, you might have heard of this guy. Uh, let's see. He's a former Monster Jam Rising Star Award winner, uh, 2015 more Monster Jam champion, 2016 Amsoil Series West champion, oh, and uh, the uh, most recent Monster Jam World Finals Racing champion. What's going on, Mr. Morgan Kane? Not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot. Just... Chilling at the house, got some time back from Australia and trying to soak it up. Yeah, man, dude, it's been a pretty busy year for you. I mean, obviously, we just rang off the accolades of winning both the Amsoil Series West Championship and the World Finals Championship. You've been doing a little bit of international travel. You got to check out Manila and Australia. You got married. I mean, it's been a pretty busy year on the whole for you for 2016. Yeah, man, yeah. 2016's been epic for me. I mean, as far as not necessarily focused more on my career, but, um, really it's just my family. Uh, like you said, getting married, it was huge. Um, was luckily to have a really good photographer out there to capture all the moments. And, uh, it really, it's just, it's just been great, man. 2016. I mean, it's definitely a year I'll never forget. Um, like you were saying earlier, winning the Amsoil series, uh, once again, which was awesome, you know, it's, it's always a goal to come in and uh, and come out on top of any competition that you that you're uh, that you're competing in, especially if you're driving Grave Digger. I mean, you really don't have any excuse um, to come out second. I mean, his first is his all that Dennis wants, and I know that the Anderson boys expect nothing less, you know. So, um, and then the World Finals was just something that. I just was, I was in the zone, man, and it was cool. I had a lot of confidence going into it, especially with winning the Amsoil Series, and then uh, my crew chief, Bobby, I mean, we were, we've grown up together uh, ever since we were five, six years old, running around the neighborhood, uh, jumping bikes and stuff, and I mean, it was cool. We sat back the night before the racing, uh, before the actual race in Vegas, uh, because I came in at second for qualifying and Damon just edged me out and then we sat back and we were just talking about old times and stuff and you know how we missed home and ready to go back and go fishing and just hanging out and uh so we just went in there and it was cool man we were all we were both in the zone and uh, it was it was sweet to come out on top definitely an accomplishment but yeah, it's funny. You know, it's funny how there's such a tight bond amongst everybody that works out of the Carolina shop. Because for the most part, you know, aside from a few additions here and there from out of town, a lot of you guys are just Kurtuck boys. You know, I I grew up not too far from you, so you know, I've gotten to know a lot of you guys that are working in and out of the shop and have been through there and gone through the ranks in the years. Sometimes some of those guys have gone down to the Florida shop or been out to the aurora shop when that was still in existence you know you guys though all seem to have a special bond there's just something about you kurtuck boys <laughs> that's right that's right man i mean it's it's crazy like now that you mentioned that uh i'm sitting there just trying to picture everybody that works at the north carolina shop and and yeah i mean it i mean the majority of them are right here based out of you know north carolina they've lived here all their life and and I mean, we got guys that are from Pennsylvania, guys from Vermont. Um, I mean, just people just right down the street. It's it's crazy. Um, but I mean, when we brought everyone together, and I mean, everything that we're working on, um, everybody here really, we don't worry about what everybody else is doing. We worry about the job that's like 
portrayed to us, you know, as, okay, I walk in in the morning and Adam looks at me and goes, hey, man, I need you to do Lexan on these three trucks that we just got back from Powdercoat. So, I mean, that's my job for the whole week, pretty much. I mean, it takes it takes about a day and a half to do Lexan on a truck. And um, I just finished Kristen's Gravedigger uh, up the other day and um, just started on a new full cage chassis and then uh, I got Alex Blackwell's chassis to do uh, towards the end of the week and got to fit Adam's truck in there sometime soon because he when they front halved his truck the Lexan was kind of overlooked and they just they just patched it back together the best they could and Bobby Powers came up to me today when I was doing Lexan and we talked about him. He wanted to do a couple new different designs on the Lexan just to help seal the cab up. So when we do mud shows and stuff, it just doesn't get all crazy inside the cab. So, but I mean, it's, it's a cool environment, you know, working in the North Carolina shop just because it's based off a of family. I mean, everybody there has known each other for so long. And, and, uh, I mean, we work on monster trucks, during the daytime and then at night it's like hey man you know you want to come over and have a couple drinks at the at the shop um like we'll go over to adam's house and hang out work on four-wheelers and i mean if that's too frustrating then we'll play with rc cars i mean anything that we just do to hang out and uh i mean that's pretty much the base of friends around here yeah it's definitely got a good brotherhood vibe to it and like you said you've got some out-of-towners you know you got guys like blackwell and zimmer that kind of come into the fold and They've been a part of it for so long, and everybody's kind of forged friendships over the years that now, you know, Zimmer and I sit and talk about, you know, stuff around here, and he knows more about the Currituck area than I do myself, and I only live 45 <laughs> yeah, minutes away right. from there. I'm like, dude, aren't you from Vermont? Like, how do you know all of this stuff, <laughs> intimate knowledge about, you know, he's talking about taking his boat out and everything like that, and him and little John go running around and, you know... Messing with the boats, I've I've heard all kinds of stories about the boats with Bobby and with, uh, with oh Cole. god yeah oh boy there's some good tales to it's, be had there it's crazy man like I swear every it was it seemed like every day at the shop during the summer uh, we'd come in and do the morning meeting and Zimmer would be talking about you know oh yeah we me and me and Denise and Little John we went out and did this sunset cruise and found all these new trails and stuff and it's it's cool for for see john and all them you know getting that bond with with the sound and with the Currituck and north carolina you know vibe that we have always had you know living here and stuff and uh he bought a bay liner at the beginning of the season and he's just been killing it and to be honest with you i haven't been out with him yet which is which is sad to say just because i mean everything was so busy this summer with you know planning my wedding and and uh just trying to get everything else done i mean i have a 89 suburban that I'm constantly working on. I mean, it's broke down at the shop right now, so I got to fix it at some point whenever I get a, a, a quick second. But, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, I I love it. Uh, Cole, I mean, he's from South Dakota, but I mean, he's lived in North Carolina for I think 11, 12 years now, um, and uh, he's got a pontoon boat. Adam's got a pontoon boat. Uh, Ryan used to have. This cigarette boat, it was like a 87 Switzer or something like that, and it had a 350 in it. Um, and that was kind of our go-to when we went out tubing and stuff. We would pile about six people on that and go out and drag dual tubes behind his boat. And that was the most fun that we had, you know, the summer. Um, and, I mean, you've, you've seen it. 
that we'd normally do uh, the square body crew and we'll get everybody together at the shop and we'll meet up about 7.30 in the morning on Sundays and normally we'll just drive all the way around, go to Crova and uh, spend the day on the four-wheel drive beach and just hanging out and then we'll drive back. I mean, it's like like I said before, I mean, it's, it's just such a family around here and everybody gets together and hangs out. Yeah, dude, I've worked a couple of different weddings up there on, on 12 North, you know, be working in Duck or whatever, and I'm setting up a wedding, and next thing I know, I notice a whole bunch of square bodies <laughs> and a bus, and, you know, all this stuff starts just rolling up 12, and I was like, oh, man, like, I would really much rather be hanging with those dudes up in Corova right now than setting <laughs> yeah. up this wedding right now, but, you know, yeah, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, put a roof over your head, but... Um, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so, you know... You just got back from Australia. That was quite a trip. You guys were over there for about five weeks, rocking it out, doing shows. You got to jump behind the wheel of a different truck and go to a lot of different places. How'd you like Australia? Dude, it was awesome, man. Anytime you get to go to Australia is just one of those trips that, I mean, you talk about for a lifetime. I mean, I still remember the first time I flew over there to Sydney, um, and I was actually I was going over there to be a recovery driver, and... I got asked, I think it was probably two weeks before the show, and, and Keith called me, which is one of the executives, and um, he was like, you know, we need a recovery driver over there. Would you be interested? And I'm like, Keith, what kind of question is that, man? It's a trip to Australia. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'm interested, you know. So I flew over there, and, and I really didn't realize how long the flight was. Um, and I flew from, I think, because my normal flight to go over there would be from Norfolk to Dallas to LAX and then LAX to Sydney yeah. or any other connection that's, you know, it's LAX to, let's say, Brisbane, which was what I did this time. But, I mean, from LAX to, to Australia in general, I mean, it's 14 hours. It's just – and that long on an airplane, I mean, it's it's hard for me to get on an airplane and, and fly from Norfolk to Vegas, which is – five hours I mean, it's just i'm one of those people that just has to be moving all the time i gotta be doing something and uh luckily american and qantas and delta and all the main the major airlines that when you fly over there it's you have tvs in the back of the headrest so you get to pick all the newest movies and i kind of have a schedule down to where i'll watch two movies and then take nyquil and go to sleep and then wake back up and watch another movie and then Normally by that time, I mean you're you're getting off the plane, but um, but yeah, the trip over this time, man, was was awesome. It was so much fun. We had a, such a good group of people, a good group of drivers. Uh, the crew was awesome. I mean, there was there's nothing bad to say about any of it. You know, I mean, it was uh, it was so cool just because during the week, I mean, we had enough time to to go cruise around and. Um, we tried to stay active as possible, renting bikes, playing racquetball, um, racing go-karts, just doing something, man, to where, you know, you weren't sleeping in every day and, and, uh, and not doing anything. I mean, me and Adam and, um, Chad, we had our, our workout schedule going down pretty good and we would work out in the nights. Uh, a couple of hotels had some really good workout places and, um, I was having some frustrate, frustrating moments just because I couldn't connect to Pandora and <laughs> it was oh, that's rough. It, like the Wi, yeah, the Wi-Fi was just horrible. But um, but I mean, it was one of those things that you know you had your playlist 
that you listen to before the show on your phone. So I just used that for my workout music, but it was good. Um, and hopping behind the wheel of dragon was fun. Um, I talked to Lidicode a little bit before I left and, um, and I mean, he had had some trouble with, you know, how the truck was landing and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was cool to work with his crew chief, Doug. Um, and, and we fine tuned the shocks as best as we could over there, you know, cause it, it's hard for the crew guys, especially when the trucks are overseas for, you know, six months. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to work in a parking lot and get the truck landing the way you want it to. Um, just because you don't have the resources when you're out on the road, uh, you don't have the knowledge and everything that's there just because, I mean, back at the shop, you've got everything. You've got big Josh that you can talk to in North Carolina. You got Fred, everybody that, Everybody comes together back here, and you can make phone calls. But I mean, over in Australia, it's pretty much, you know, do what you got to do to get by. And um, and uh, I mean, you got pretty big guys that that have been in it for a long time that can help you out, you know. But I mean, it's always such a time crunch because it's back to back weekends. I mean, you go from Melbourne, which was two stadium shows, and we sold both of them out, and it was just the trucks were destroyed. And then you go right to uh, you go right to Adelaide, and then you got one show, and you got media and all this stuff. So I mean, really, you only got two days to to work on the truck, and then that's including the travel, you know, to where yeah. I mean, you're normally traveling for two days because I mean, you travel one day and that's full gone, and then you'll wake up the next morning, and the trucks don't get there till that night. So then you only have say all day Thursday and then Friday we normally do rehearsals and practice and stuff so I mean it, it's a tight schedule for for the crew guys and I mean they just they just do such a good job with you know coping with the environment and everything and um like I said overseas is it's tough on those guys but it's fun for everyone um and I mean we all hang out have a good time but the results from the shows were pretty good um I think uh Scott Buteau kind of set the standard for, for like a, a decent freestyle run. I mean, he, he throws it down every time and, and uh, I mean, you can always expect a backflip from him. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta expect the guys like Neil and Adam and Damon to, uh, to really raise the bar. I mean, Barry has been doing a really good job with, you know, figuring out certain angles to hit the jumps and, and uh, he's been sailing them out there pretty good. His truck was, his truck was in Glendale, and I think Dustin drove it there. So it was I can't remember whose truck that was that was over there. Maybe uh, I can't remember, but he liked the shock package that was on it, and and he just kept bonsai in it, man. And <laughs> I mean, it seemed like it was working pretty good. He wasn't hurting him or anything, and um, and uh, I mean, it was it, it was cool to to work with everybody and, and become that tight knit group. I mean, cause you guys are together for five weeks. So, uh, you kind of got to figure out, you know, who you can count on and who you can't, you know? So, but, um, but overall the trip was just, it was fun, man. We had a great time. We rented mopeds in Perth and cruised up and down the, the um, Fremantle was the area of, Perth that uh that's pretty historical you know so we've rode mopeds down there had lunch down by the marina and then cruised up and down the coast and everything but by that point I mean 
the the money in the bank's getting a little tight and you're trying to you know scavenger your way around so yeah when's you're that ready next to... per diem check come in i'm uh right hurting. right is, it, is yeah. it friday already is it friday back <laughs> yeah. in the states is that when the money goes back in <laughs> yeah you know you would normally get them like on the tuesday or wednesday and um i mean you got to make it last so but it was it was cool man i, I mean i love going overseas and, and going to see different cultures and stuff and, and australia is by far the uh the easiest culture and easiest country to get along with everybody because i mean it's it's about as modern as it gets you know everyone there speaks english it's not a big deal i mean the only thing that's different is just every everything's backwards you know everybody (laughs) everybody drives on the other side of the road and when you get into a car you gotta you drive from the right side you know and it's just it took me a little bit to get used to everything you know when we would go walk into restaurants uh, I mean, you look the wrong way every single time you walk up to a crosswalk and there's a car coming and I mean, you got to jump back and it's just, it, it takes you about two weeks to get along with everything. And, and, uh, and I mean, it's fun, you know, you always go to a zoo and play with the kangaroos and stuff and the koala bears. So it's definitely an adventure. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, you kind of always have to do whenever you're going into different cities, no matter whether it's, you know, here in the States or wherever, you got to go and check some stuff out. You know, I, I hate being just, you know, house mouse sitting at the hotel room and be like, oh, I'll just eat at the hotel restaurant tonight. It's like, dude, let's go find right. the best restaurant we can get ourselves into for, you know, whatever we can afford to do. Like, that's half the fun. And, you know, with my tour the last couple of years with doing the FS1 tour, it's like, I've got Frank Warner and, you know, a few other guys, Travis Sewilla, Ryan Lacoste, you know, we all love to go and find good restaurants and we've been pretty lucky, you know, along the way to, to find some really sweet ones. And, you know, that's so much, you know, fun just being able to go and just hit some stuff up and try some things different or even if it's not, oh, you sure. know, the restaurant that you wanted to go to and you end up at a chain restaurant. I mean, it's all more or less the togetherness and that, you know, family aspect of it. I mean, you and I have piled into a car in between shows in Hampton and ended up in the <laughs> yeah. Waffle House with Wiggins and Barnhill oh, yeah. and your dad and Steve Bradshaw. Like that's one of the most fun times I think I've ever had sitting down on a meal is just hearing war stories from old <laughs> Wiggins. Yeah, man. I mean that that guy. I talked to him probably. I don't know. Probably once once a month at least. I'm I'm talking to him either on the phone or on Facebook or text or something like that just to check up on him, see how he's doing. Um, I haven't been able to make it out to see him in a while, but, um, I actually, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. I might leave early and swing by. I got to go out to Raleigh tomorrow, coaching the, the, uh, the high school team for the soccer, uh, state playoffs right now. We're in the second round. It was a tight one on Saturday, and but we ended up squeaking a 2-1 win and we're going out to face, uh, Carborough, which is out by Chapel Hill and, um, Wiggins lives out in Williamston, so I figured I'd maybe I'll swing in and just have some lunch with him or something. Yeah, but, anytime you get to hang out with Wiggins, it's always a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, seriously, though, that was probably – it was one of the top memories of me being on the road was, was going with him when I was driving for Steve Sims um, and, and Stone Crusher. It was just me and him. I, like, I would pick Gary up, and we'd go and cruise and – Man, just some of the stories, like you were saying, war stories. It's just like those were the days when they, 
went to the fairgrounds and you know you did a show on uh tuesday wednesday and then you had to drive 500 miles to go do a show on friday saturday and then you did you drove 100 miles and did a show on sunday i mean it's just like re- the weekend warriors i mean they're those are the guys who paved the way for us to have the easy life now Oh, yeah. I loved hearing Wigan stories or Porter. I was looking enough to have Mike Wine on my tour this past year, and hearing Mike Wine tell some stories, man, you talk about a character. <laughs> Dude can keep oh, yeah. you laughing, and he's always got a smile on his face, so it was always a blast. We got to go to dinner with him and David Smith in Anaheim, and I think we pretty much all just sat back and shut up and let Mike Wine talk, which he can do. Yeah, I know, man. One of those, like, some of those stories that those guys tell, though, it's just like, is that really the way it went or are you just like kind of, you know, buttering it up to make it sound good? But I mean, I mean, and just, he, just hearing like, we'll, we'll show up on a Wednesday or whatever at the shop and Dennis will come in and he'll just be hanging out, just BSing in, in the morning. And, and I mean, we'll just get talking about some random fishing story or something like that. And I mean, I swear it's one, it, it's like a campfire story. Like it's one of those stories that you just, it's so good that you don't even believe if it's true or not. But I mean, and then you got, you know, Billy Bob down the street that was like, oh, yeah, I remember that one time that, you know, he did that. And I'm like, dang, right. I guess that story is pretty true, you know. So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Gary always used to tell me when we were on the road, he's like, you know what, man, you were just, you were just born too late. You know, you miss the good times. And I'm like, what do you mean, man? This is the, these are the best times of my life right now. Oh, he's yeah. like, ah, you don't, he's like, you don't know anything, you young buck. Oh, we were, <laughs> we're definitely spoiled. I definitely kind of have to sit back sometimes and be like, man, shut up, quit whining. Like, yeah, you're stuck in the airport, but you're flying. You're not having a drive. Right, right. You, you jump yeah. on the plane, you find your window seat, you lean your head up against it, you throw, <laughs> throw your earbuds in, you're like, done, pass out. Yep, yep. But yeah. yeah, that that's definitely one of the one of the things I miss the most of you know monster trucking is that you know driving up and down the road and seeing seeing everything that there are I mean that there's to see especially being on the road you know going up down uh, I-40 you know I-10 80 I mean you got all those interstates that I mean you see in all these movies and you know Cadillac Ranch I've never I'll never forget the first time I went by that. And I, I was with Tommy and Brian, and uh, we were riding out to Vegas, and I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Tommy was like, oh, yeah, it's Cadillac Ranch, man. You never heard of that? And uh, and we just kept rolling. We were on a time crunch. But, I mean, it's cool to see that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, stuff that you you know, you know you see in history books and, uh, and that you learn about in school. I mean, you get to see that stuff going up and down the road, and it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Tommy Powers. I mean, him and Wiggins and Dennis and, uh, you know, all of these guys. Cliff, I mean, so many of these guys have got some great tales. I mean, I remember you and I were sitting in Hampton talking to Porter and we're talking to Wiggins. And Wiggins is talking about when he went up to Alaska one year and was doing shows in Alaska, he blew a motor yeah. at, like, the second show out and had to change the motor by himself in Alaska. And I was like, you're nuts, man. But Wiggins <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. by. Yeah, he, he explained he explained that story to me because because uh, when we went on the road, he came to Steve's shop before first quarter and put this winch in, and it was right at the back door. And he used this winch to winch the tires in and everything. And I'm like, Gary, there's got to be a better way to do that. 
And uh, and he was like, no, nah, man. He's like, this is exactly where I had my winch in my trailer before when I went up and down the road with uh, Carolina Crusher, and it's helped me out of a bind so many different times. And then that was when that story came along, when you're talking about him changing the motor by himself. In Alaska, he used that winch to pull the truck inside the trailer, and then he used that winch to take the motor out, and then he swung it out on a boom and set it on the ground and then picked up the the new motor that was right beside it, picked it up, swung it in with the boom, and then set it in the truck and bolted it all together. And he had the motor changed by himself, you know, just by that one winch and a boom. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he you should have seen my face when he told me that story. And I mean, I did not believe him at all just because it's like one of those things. Me and Gary, we always used to mess with each other. And I'm like, Gary, quit lying to me, man. Come on. <laughs> And he's like, no, seriously, that is the truth. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's just crazy to hear those, those types of tales. I mean, it's like, it's almost like hearing some sailor story, you know, being out on, on the ocean or something and seeing Megalodon or something like that, you know, but, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a trip to see all those guys together. I mean, you know, Cliff and Dennis, uh, they're always at the shop, uh, Cliff came through the day actually, and uh, we were talking a little bit about you know first quarter that's coming up, and um, he said that he thinks he might be going on the road a little bit with uh, the Disharoons, so helping them drive a little bit, just the rig and stuff, and yeah. being a helping hand and stuff like that. Which which I mean I can't be more excited for the tour that I'm on this year with FS1, man. I mean it's it's like a dream come true, you know everything that has kind of came together and. I mean, driving a truck that I grew up pretty much in diapers beside, and watching Dennis do his thing, and I mean, I mean, it's it's always been that family atmosphere. Um, I mean, ever since we were little kids, me and Ryan and Adam, we used to run around and play on the playground that was back behind the the shop. And uh, I mean, there's guys Robert Heich, Robert Hikins, um, Tommy, Richard was was just coming on back then josh i mean the guys that you know i know today that still come and hang out around the shop i mean they're like yeah you know you boys need to take care of that shop and mop it every day and we're like man do we ain't got time for that but i mean back in the day that's what they did you know i mean they would they would work on trucks and i mean you could eat off of that floor i remember when dennis did the shop red for the first time man it was crazy but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's sweet to see everything that's coming together. And, um, I mean, me and Cliff were just at the day a little bit about just everything, you know, that's coming up for first quarter. Um, and I guess, su- supposedly, I guess we have a week off after Houston before Detroit. So we were just, we were just goofing off and I was like, man, Cliff, so are you going to come home after that? And I was like, I'll just jump in the rig with you and I'll help you drive and we'll drive back to North Carolina, you know, hang out for a week and we'll work on trucks and stuff. And then, and then I'll just jump back in the rig with you and we'll drive to Detroit. You know, and it was just, it was one of those things that makes you chuckle inside because I mean, that truthfully that, that I would love to do it, you know, just because I haven't, I mean, I have my CDL and I just haven't drove down the road in a while. It'd be cool to, you know, grind some gears now. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, I'll do a first quarter and, you know, fly around and all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, the airport grind, man, sucks. And, da, 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 da. and, you know, really, you know, sometimes it's nice to just, when you're driving, 
you know, hey, I want to stop. I want to stop and get right, something. Right. You know, I want to stop and get some grub or whatever. You're not stuck on a tube next to somebody that's snoring on top of you or, you know, got bad breath and is just breathing on you or something or another. You know, there's so many yeah. airport nightmares that you kind of don't have to deal with when you're driving. But then when you're on about yeah. like that seventh hour of the drive when you're going to somewhere and you're like, Oh yeah, I miss airplanes now. <laughs> it's like, oh god, oh, I really yeah. can't focus this long anymore. I am so over seeing trees, tree, tree, tree. You know? Yeah, man, I've made the I've made the drive from North Carolina to Edmonton, Alberta, Oof. Canada a couple times, and man, that's 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 a rough one right there. But like you were saying though, I mean, I've I've never been to a place that's more like secluded than out in the middle of Montana. Me and Cody Saucier, we drove, we team drove up there from North Carolina. Um, it was probably, I think that was like, that might have been like four months after I was hired with Feld, and uh, and we drove up there. And I remember we got out into the middle of Montana, and we stopped off the side of the road. No one was around. It was in the middle of the night. We just cut the rig off and just stepped outside, and you couldn't hear anything man it was like you you could hear a pin drop on the pavement and uh and i mean that was one of the the times that you you sit there and think you're like man we really are small compared to this world you know so um i mean i've made the drive twice going that far um made him with david Olfert one time and then the other time was with cody um, but yeah, I mean, that, those, those are the things that you miss, you know, traveling in the airports and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's nice to get from point A to point B as fast as possible in an airplane, but I mean, you miss so many things and that you would appreciate, you know, like you, like you were saying, you can get away from everybody when you're driving just because it's, you can get off at some exit and find some mom and pop restaurant. And, uh, and I mean, those are the best times, you know? Yeah, I think I was going out to Bristol last year, and instead of taking the interstate the whole way out, I ended up running up 421 and going through the mountains and through Boone and everything like that, and it's like, yeah, it's a way longer drive, but dude, the scenery is just amazing when you get out there in the mountains of North Carolina and Tennessee and Virginia. Oh, yeah. Absolutely oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, my wife Kayla, her, uh, her grandparents have a house just south of Boone, I think. It's hard to pinpoint on the map, but uh, but we went up there last year just before Christmas, and uh, and had like a little getaway and stuff. And yeah, man, those the places up there. I mean, the the views and everything. Driving the Blue Ridge Parkway. I mean, you you can't replace that with anything, man. It's just it's something that you could talk about it all day, but until you do it, it just takes your breath away. Yeah, and you know, like you were saying, you know, going up and down the road in the rig. Sometimes it's you know. It's awesome just to have some chill time with your homies. I mean, you were talking about rolling up on, you know, making that trip with, you know, either Too Tall or Cody. I mean, those are a couple of good rig buddies to have there because, you know, all of you guys totally appreciate what this is. I mean, you guys are all, you know, grew up wanting to be, you know, involved in the industry. I mean, Cody's got, you know, his old videotape collection and pictures from shows that he and his, oh, yeah, he and his dad went to. I mean... Robbie and I talked about it on one of the podcasts. I mean, Cody was a dork like us, man. He played Monster Truck Madness too, and you know all that fun. Man, stuff. I'll never, I'll never forget when I met him for the first time, and it was in North Carolina, and uh, 
and he had this RC car and stuff, and and that was before I was really into RC cars, and he kept like rambling off all these monster truck names and stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and, and I mean, he was like, yeah, man, we need to go back to the house because that was when he uh, he was living with Ryan, and it was it was me living at the house, Ryan, Cody, and we all had one big house. Bobby Baggett was living there for a little bit too, um, and Cole's cousin. Um, but we all lived together, and I mean, we would go back, and Cody had this huge collection of monster truck VHSs, and we would watch those and just hang out <laughs> in the living room, and and uh, and we would come across some that Cody would be doing. Like, he he was, he was probably four years old, five years old, something like that, and he his dad would be filming him playing and stuff, and with monster trucks, and and I mean, like you said, I mean that's that's like his dream come true. I mean, he he's driving for monster jam now and i mean he's one of the best you know so it's it's cool to see the steps that he's had to take along the way yeah i mean and you know it's what i love is whenever i see you know guys like you guys like cody and whoever you know that have come through the ranks and truly appreciate it they didn't just you know just happen to know somebody and you know got hey you want to try and drive a monster truck okay well you know there's some of that that goes around now you know and some people are getting some opportunities that maybe I don't want to say they don't appreciate it, but they didn't, you know, idolize this. They didn't want to, you know, strive for it. It was, they had a separate goal in mind and it just so happened that monster trucks ended up on their path. You know, it's like right. you guys, you know, you and Cody, you, you did the, the more monster jam tour. And, you know, one of the guys that you got, you had on your tour, Caden Barry, your event manager. I mean, he's, you know, another one of those guys that was just a diehard monster truck fan through and through all life long. I mean, you know, he's an old school dork too. You know, I know he always likes to try and find, you know, something from <laughs> one of the cities yeah, you guys yeah. you're in and show you some of the monster truck history. I mean, Chris Parrish was with you guys as well. And, um, you know, as big of a dork as anybody, as, as any of us, you know, when it comes to, you know, monster truck history and stuff like that. I mean, the last time I saw Parrish, we were going through his hard drive and watching old monster truck stuff. You know, it's like there are trucks outside that we could be like, going and working on or checking out or whatever it's like nope we're in here <laughs> right, watching right. a video from 1987 oh yeah man we went to uh on the more monster jam tour in 2015 we went to louisville kentucky freedom hall oh, and yeah. it was it was kind of it was a special moment for me going back there because i mean that was where i did my first monster yep. jam uh it was just so cool to be back in that place and uh chris was there Caden was there, um, my crew chief at the time, Wes Kotzmeyer, um, and he's a big fan too. You know, oh, yeah, it, I love seeing his Instagram posts. It's it's just it's crazy because I mean they could tell you exactly who was in the finals in 1988. You know, at this very same place. You know, and it's just it's who won, who was driving what, and I mean it's it's crazy to me because I mean I was never that into it you know because it's like my main focus as a kid was was nothing but sports you know i mean i was playing baseball i was playing soccer i was playing football anything that i could get my hands on and uh, i mean racing go-karts doing all sorts of stuff and uh and i mean that monster truck era kind of got bypassed um but i mean it's it's cool to see everybody that you know like you were saying grew up living and breathing monster trucks and uh and i mean go to places like that and and to be with them to see their emotions and everything they're like man this is so cool to be here i mean it's the same way with me like 
this past season I was able to go uh, take all the boys and we went to Squaw Valley out at Lake, Lake Tahoe. And I mean, that's where they hosted the 1960 Olympics, Winter Olympics. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so crazy to me. I've always been fascinated with Olympics and big stadiums and just sporting events and, and just everything in general. I think maybe just because I'm such a sports head or something, but yeah. uh, but I mean going to go there and then to see the rings up on the wall. I mean I would pay $180 for a freaking lift ticket there if I had to, just to say that I went and skied, you know, the slopes. You know, I went to the Palisades, I went and did backcountry in Tahoe. I mean it was just so cool. Me, Bobby, Tyler Meninga, um, Tanner Swinhart. I mean, everybody that was there at the time, I mean, just we had the best day. And, and anybody will tell you that this year on our tour for the Amsoil series was so much fun just because we had days like that, that you know the, the trucks would be traveling and we would get to the next place and, and uh, we would take a day off and we'd go snowboarding. You know, that was kind of our goal. So, I mean, that's definitely a perk of – going from point A to point B as fast as possible, you know, so, um, but yeah, man, it's just, I mean, I could talk all night about the, the experiences that we've had on the road. I mean, I've been doing it for six years, you know, going on 2017 will be my sixth first quarter, seventh first quarter, something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you, you tend to, to lose track of time sometimes, you know, and, I mean, I, I just I never forget where I came from and, you know, what I've done and and other people who've helped me along the way. Yeah, you were talking earlier that, you know, you've always been involved in sports and everything like that and that you're actually traveling tomorrow for a soccer game. You know, your dad's, you know, a soccer coach and has always been, you know, such a big part of your life. Both of your parents are awesome. Shout out to uh, Big Daddy Kane and Susie. <laughs> Love yeah, them man. both. They both have treated me like family as long as I've known them. Um, your mom's part of a large reason is how I ended up getting involved with, you know, monster trucks in general. But, you know, you stay involved with, you know, sports and everything like that and keeping your roots. I mean, you're, you know, helping coach soccer and everything like that. I mean, you would initially went to college more or less to play collegiate soccer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's soccer's been a huge part of of my life. I mean, I've been playing for ever since I was five years old. You know, so I mean, well over twenty years, and it's just it's been crazy. I mean, uh, played in college. That was my goal pretty much through high school was that I wanted to be the best I could be um, at soccer. And and I, I mean, everything that the opportunities that came up. You know, the club teams that I played for, the traveling that me and my dad did. Uh, I mean, there, there were some times that we would travel to just to go to Chicago for one game. And that was when I was playing for Virginia Rush and the development, the developmental academy league. And it's uh, right now, that's the still the most prestigious league in America for youth soccer, um, feeding them into, you know, MLS and the college and, and even into national pools to where you can be selected to play for the national team. And, uh, I mean, it was just so surreal when I got that letter in the mail to, you know, to attend Cape. I mean, it was, uh, Campbell was the first, was the first school that I went to. And that was division one, which was always my dream. You know, that's top of the league. I mean, we were, we would play 
uh, UNC Chapel Hill. We played uh, William and Mary. I mean, all the top big schools uh, on the East Coast, I mean, ACC schools. We were playing them, and uh, it was awesome. We had a great season. We were ranked uh, 23rd in the nation um, at the end of the season, and uh, really, my grades really didn't just. They really. It was hard to keep up with them. You know, just traveling all all the time on the road and you know missing classes it was hard to uh keep up on you know the curriculum and everything so i ended up transferring out and uh went to cape fear community college which is a small juco college down in wilmington north carolina and i just needed to go there just to get my grades right and really focus on school and uh you know the studies of undergrad you know i needed to make sure that i I mean, school always comes first, and soccer was second. So, did all of that, and um, and now, I mean, I'm still involved with soccer as, as much as I can be, you know, especially with what we're doing, uh, traveling around the world. I mean, I was able to go to Barcelona uh, last summer, Valencia, and Madrid, which Spain is such a powerhouse for for soccer around the world, and um, and I mean those are the types of clubs that you envy as a kid because you you want to be that Ronaldo you want to be that Messi I mean you want to be that Gareth Bale uh, the Roberto Carlos the Zinedine Zidane I mean the people that you see on TV that are your heroes I mean it's just crazy to me to, that I'm standing on the same ground as as what they are playing on you know and um, and now bringing all the knowledge that I've gained in the years that I've been playing. Um, I'm bringing it back to, to my community, to Currituck County High School. And um, I'm the assistant coach there under Lori Davis. Uh, and she's been a college player as well. Uh, so, I mean, like, we're bringing some pretty good knowledge to the table. And, and this year, we've got such a good team. I mean, not as far as skill-wise. I mean, skill, you can always be better. But as far as chemistry with the team – the boys get together and and it's they're it's like they've been friends for their whole lives. I mean, there's no arguing, there's no hey, I'm better than you at this, I'm better at you at this. It's like everybody works together as a team, and uh, uh, we were able to come out with a a good win. Uh, we really should have smashed that team that uh, in the first round. We had 26 shots on goal, and we only put two in the net, so that was a little disappointing, but. I mean, we're heading in the right direction. We got the win, and uh, tomorrow I travel to Carborough, which is just outside of Chapel Hill. Uh, me and my dad are going to drive out there and meet in the bus out uh, out that way. We're going to do second round of state playoffs, and Carborough's a tough team. You know, I think that we know that uh, obviously skill-wise, they're they're probably going to be better than us, um, just because of the area that they play in. I mean, they have three major clubs that are that are really really good and uh and i mean obviously the people got to go to school that play for those clubs so um playing high school ball uh probably every single kid on this team is going to be playing club ball which um it will see how it goes i mean I, i think the boys uh that we've got will rise to the occasion and and i mean you always got those two or three players that step up in games that matter, you know, and hopefully I gave them a speech today afterwards. We had a good practice, a bunch of laughing, had a good time. It worked real hard. Um, but I mean, if we, if we move the ball, like, like we did on Saturday and, uh, finish our opportunities, I think we could come out with the win. 
Yeah, it's funny you talk about, you know, the chemistry, and sometimes chemistry can overpower skill. I mean, you see it all the time in, you know, major sports and that, you know, a team will go out and get, you know, make a big superstar trade, and then, you know, they've got all these giant expectations, and then they end up, you know, laying an egg and missing the playoffs, and everybody can't figure out why, and it's, you know, it's certain things, you know, sometimes you can't really make those things happen it just has to be organic it just has to happen on its own you either have chemistry sometimes or you don't and you know it's the same thing in monster trucks i mean if you don't have a good connection with your crew chief and everybody that's working around you it can kind of show when things don't go right you know and you're kind of scratching your head like what's going on you know why isn't this truck running right or why why is this driver not performing up to expectation and it's a lot of times it just kind of comes back to chemistry and you know whether or not somebody's having a good time or whether they're fighting it and trying to have to, you know, overperform and, you know, beat some kind of expectation when everything's just kind of chilling, like you were saying was happening in Vegas for you and Bobby. I mean, you guys were kind of relaxed about the whole thing. You're like, well, we qualified second. Hey, this is a good thing. Then, you know, let's take it into Friday and just roll with it and see where it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, and, and exactly the same way that, the soccer team has the chemistry is exactly the same way that me and my crew chief Bobby have, you know, it's just, we work so well together. We have fun. I mean, we might not be the most skilled and I might not be the most skilled driver. He might not be the most skilled mechanic, but I mean, when we're together, we know what each other are doing. And and I know that I don't ever have to worry about anything being wrong on the truck, you know? So, I mean, he gives me the most confidence possible, you know, and it's just, it's so cool to, to see that. And then, you know, to go back to the team uh, with soccer and stuff. I mean, they just, it's cool to see that, like you said, I mean, it's, you can have all the skill in the world on the same team, but I mean, unless they blend as a team, I mean, you're not going to go anywhere. Definitely, man. But yeah, it's good to see that, you know, you're keeping yourself busy. I mean, there's no fun in being idle. I feel like, you know, this time of year for me, it's like I'm out of work you know, cause I, my work is seasonal both with monster right. trucks and with weddings. So I'm kind of like, Oh man, I really need to find something to go do. All right. I'm going to go rake the yard. Like just got to find something to do <laughs> yeah. because idle hands are a bad thing. Yeah, dude. You know how it is, man. You've met Bella, my dog. She oh, is yeah. a oh, handful. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's always a, a positive of, you know, living pretty close to the house is, or pretty, pretty close to the shop is that, you know, sometimes I'm able to come home during the middle of the day for lunch and just eat lunch real quick and then go back. Um, and I'm able to, you know, play with the dog every now and again. Uh, Hadley's a pit bull lab mix, and uh, it's, it was originally Kayla's dog, and uh, she adopted her from one of the rescue shelters in Greenville. And, um, man, she's just the best dog ever. Never barks, I mean, until it's, like, dangerous dangerous times or something like that like if somebody if she feels threatened i mean she'll bark at you or whatever but other than that she's just such a tame little animal and uh i'll come home and we'll play in the backyard for a little bit and then i'll put her back in and she'll go back to sleep and then i'll go back to work you know so it's cool but um but yeah bella's wide open man your dog is crazy <laughs> <laughs> she's uh she's a good one though man she's a lot like she it's funny because when i first got her i remember kayla was kind of like oh you know because they our dogs look so much alike and she was she was kind of taken back by that but but yeah dude i I was very privileged i felt to be accepted by hadley you know i felt like uh i was (laughs) yeah it was it was an honor 
that uh yeah. that hadley accepted me as uh as good as a good human and uh was a uh, fully uh welcoming of all of my pets <laughs> yeah man yeah we need to we need to set up like a play date or something like that on jockey's ridge and just let him run just take off and uh just hang out so I, I was looking at some of those pictures i texted you the other day about when we were in walmart printing out those pictures um and some of them are just so funny man like they're the ones with hadley running and and uh, we're trying to get out of the way and stuff it's just it's picture perfect man it's it's so awesome yeah, I mean, one of the things that, you know, I look, coming back to what we were talking about, you know, right from the start is, you know, how big of a year it's been for you. I mean, you, and we addressed it, you know, you got married. I was lucky enough to be your wedding photographer, um, yeah. be a part of the special day, you know, and chemistry there is an important thing. I mean, you and Caleb have got a great thing going. You two both kind of gel with each other. Your personalities go so well together. And, you know, that's a tough part of being on the road as well. I mean, again, being apart from your significant other being apart from your dog for five weeks even, oh sure man is a, it's is a tough thing to do yeah it's i can't thank her enough i mean she's just been so supportive of everything and and uh really it, it was so cool because she wasn't originally gonna be able to come to vegas uh just because of work and stuff like that and like kind of a last minute thing she was like yeah yeah i'll, I'll be coming and and uh she ended up landing on like thursday or something and uh and i mean it was just so cool that me winning my first championship she was there you know it was i mean it was it was awesome and then at that time she was my fiance so we got married in uh in august august 12th so um that was a an awesome day awesome weekend i mean it was uh pretty much the best place that anyone could ever ask for um my mom has had a friend that lives on a beach and and uh in duck and we were able to get that beach house and it was just so cool i mean we had a great time and uh i think i actually was able to take the camera from you at one point and i got a couple pictures of you <laughs> so i'm gonna have to send them to you oh god dude no 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 <laughs> i have way better behind the camera than i am in front of it that's a bad idea there's a reason i don't have many pictures of myself Strangely yeah. enough, my credential photo is a picture of you and I from Vegas, and they cropped it in real tight on my face. And I'm like, <laughs> "What face am I making, dude? This is ridiculous. Why did I? Why did I take a picture? Oh yeah, it's because I was with Morgan. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, pic dude. Pictures, pictures is, is one of those things that you know you'll have forever. I mean, I, I mean, you were the one who really like inspired me to get into photography. Man, I loved photography. It was so much fun. I mean. When I was in school doing that, I mean, me and you would end up meeting up at the Bud Bogs that Dennis was doing yep. um, there for the first couple of years. And I mean, you would shoot one end and I would shoot the other. And I mean, it was it was just so much fun to to kind of be a part of something um, that really not a lot of people do. You know, I mean, there's so many like with technology these days, everybody wants to shoot a video because it it, it captures that 15 second clip of, you know, a freestyle run or of something else. But I mean, really a lot of people don't appreciate photography the way that, that like I say I do, or you do, or, you know, anyone that's in the photography business. I mean, it's just, you're capturing that one moment forever, you know, and it's, it's so cool. I've got some pictures from like world finals and stuff. But when I was going back in 2008, you know, when Adam would, when Adam won his first championship, 
and uh and it was just it's it's crazy to go back and look at all those pictures and and uh and see the that exact moment and to think in your head that you know oh yeah i remember that you know he hit this van sag and he flipped over or whatever you know i mean it's just it's so cool to to go back through your computer and see all those pictures and now that i have those moments captured on a flash drive you know from our wedding it's just i mean i go through them I mean, once a month, just checking it all out, trying to relive that perfect day. Yeah, man. I, you know, not to you know talk too much about myself, but you know, I I do love to kind of go back and just check out some old photos. Like when I was putting together all your stuff from your wedding, I threw a bunch of stuff from throughout your monster truck career, and it's like going back to Greensboro. I think it was 2011 was when we were out there. It was your one of your first, if not your first ever freestyle win, if I remember? Correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember and that. That was, that was crazy, man. I remember, you know, I'm going through the pictures and I see Zimmer throw a hug around you and Kreml coming up and giving you a pat on the back. And your mom was there working the show as well and got to be interviewed by the late Joe Lowe, which is a special thing, you know. We unfortunately oh, lost sure, Joe man. not too long after that, but. You know, it was just such a special thing, and it's like, I, it's kind of, you, like you were saying before, sometimes, you know, we do so many shows, and everything starts to run together, and sometimes you have to sit back and just kind of take a look at everything, and, you know, some of those times were some of the most fun shows to go and do, I mean, you were driving Mopar, and Steve was, you know, getting the new truck going, and, you know, we were just dumb, excited kids, just really stoked to be being a part right, of something, right. getting to as many shows as we could, and you know, it, it was just a lot of fun back in those days. I mean, especially doing shows like that. You were close to home. You had buddies there and, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Zimmer and I, uh, I mean, we go way back. Especially, really, Greensboro was kind of the, was one of the first days that we met and stuff. And, uh, and I mean, ever since then, man, we've been so tight, just hanging out at the shop and stuff. And, I mean, I was able to go up to vermont with him for two years in a row uh and hung out with his family and they were just super inviting to to have us and uh and we would go up and me him and little john and their cousin steve would go out and we would go to killington and go snowboarding and uh and it was right before i started working for feld i was gonna go work for him when he had rb molars trucks and he mm -hmm. was running them so that was gonna fill in for uh for a couple shows, me and Zimmer were going to go do like a big tour during the summer. Um, but that was before Feld ended up calling. And I mean, that was kind of a no brainer. You know, it's like, yeah. I, like I told him, the ultimate goal obviously is to, to be a monster jam driver for Feld because I mean, it is one of those things. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you're playing in the minor leagues and then you get that call up, you know, to the major leagues, you know, it's like, it's just, the prestige of working for them it's 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 cool you know but um but yeah i mean we talk about it all the time about you know going back to to greensboro and and places like that and uh and i mean it's, it's the little shows that that really you remember you know so it's it's fun yeah, I tell you, one of the most fun things I did all year long, I uh, looked out after going to one of the mud park races, Jamie Garner had been in town with his family while uh, they were dropping parts off for the, the all-new overboard that wasn't quite finished yet, they were dropping some parts off in Paul Cohen's shop and getting some things ready, and Jamie's like, well, yeah, let's go to dinner and, uh, you know, we'll we'll go have some fun or whatever, you know, see what happens. I think Zimmer had some family in town, and so... 
We went and grabbed some dinner at Barefoot Bernie's. You and I have been there once or twice before, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great place. We ended up going uh, putt-putting, and nothing quite like going putt-putting with Zimmer's whole gang and the Garner gang. (laughs) I mean, that was a blast. I'm terrible at putt-putt. Which one did you end up going to? uh, It's the one up there in Kitty Hawk uh, by the, the Dunkin' Donuts. I forget what it's called. Oh, I they got, got the late the model, one that the has T-Tops the late model in front. Yeah, yeah, they got the go kart track and everything yep. too. Yeah, I didn't know if you were the Professor Hacker kind of kind of guy or not. No, nah, nah, man, I, but <laughs> it was it was quite an embarrassing game of mini golf for myself. But at least I had Zimmer bringing up the rear with me. But see, Zimmer took a different approach. You know, him being a grave digger driver, as you know, you kind of have to try things a little bit different. So. Oh, yeah, I just had no sure. finesse, so I was the equivalent of a dasher smasher in a small arena, whereas Zimmer was cross-threading <laughs> everything, and, well, it was probably one of those weekends he would have ended up with a lot of body damage, but strangely oh, yeah. enough, it would oh, end yeah. up being a pretty tight battle between Deidre and uh, Little John. Those two were uh, quite neck Little and John always, Little John is always good at putt-putt. We've been a couple times, and he, I swear, he picks out the ball that has the magnet on it or something, and it goes <laughs> right for the hole. I swear, that kid just... He hits him perfect, like he knows the line or something, and it's it makes me so mad because we end up going and he's like, uh-huh, hole in one, you know, and it's like, man, well, and you, you play know, golf I'm, I'm, too. I'm over here, right, right, and I'm over here like trying to read the putts and stuff like that, like I would do on a normal course, but I mean, he's just whacking at it and it ends up going in the hole, you know. So sometimes you just you just uh, overanalyze things too much and you just gotta have fun with it and go at go for. Go for broke. Oh, yeah. And Little John, man, I, he's getting close to that age, man. It's going to be a bright future when some of these youngsters start coming in because they've been playing rigs and going hog wild with it and growing up underneath everything because we, we didn't quite have that for us, you know, when we were growing up. For us to do wheelies in Monster Truck Madness too, we had to hold the brake. Now these kids are playing rigs and <laughs> yeah. bringing it over to real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw what yeah, you know, Tyler Meninga's doing down in Puerto Rico over the weekend, and I'm like, what the that's video game stuff you can't do that this is not yeah this is not real life yeah i mean it's just i i don't i've never been the type of person i mean to to even try the stoppy i think that it's it's such a momentum killer but Mm -hmm. i mean tyler's doing a great job with it i mean he's he's getting the fans on on their feet i mean it's it's obvious that you can see in the in the videos you know that like he he's he's doing it on purpose for sure you know and uh i mean finding that balance point you know to 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 be able to do what he's doing is is pretty incredible to be honest with you and um i mean because you're in the truck and i mean everything's going a million miles an hour and you're trying to you know continue your speed and and hit every jump that you can and it's like okay let me go ahead and hit the brake and put this thing on a bumper and uh on the front bumper and and do this moonwalk that he's been doing i mean it's it's pretty crazy yeah, now you guys, you know, you and so many of the other drivers now have been a part of the, you know, the group that's gone through all the extensive field testing out in Paxton with the Monster Jam University and everything like that. You know, tell us a little bit about what that whole training process was like, because you guys were the first ones to really go through that grueling process, being out in Paxton, basically testing multiple shows in a single day and really testing out this whole new format with the ATVs and the Speedsters and everything like that. Yeah, man, it, it was it was tough. I mean, it's one of those things that mental focus is is more of a it plays more of a part than physical. I mean, like, yeah, you could be the biggest, strongest guy out there, but I mean, as far as mentally, 
if you're not mentally strong and, and you can't focus on what's going on at that moment, uh, I mean, you're going to crack. You know, I mean, I thought that me being a collegiate athlete, I was like, heck yeah, man, I'm going to go out here and kill it. But I mean, like the third day out, I was having trouble like focusing on hitting the gap, you know, where where I need to be going for sliding around the corner with the truck and stuff. And, and I mean, I had to sit back and, and, and take a break for a second just to figure out, all right, what's going on? Why am I not being able to tune into this? And it's just, I mean, mentally, I wasn't in the right state to, to do it, you know? So it's like, you have to go home and just sleep on it. I mean, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And, um, and I mean, it's tough going out there, you know I mean? Tom and, and John, John's been really the one that was behind training me. I mean, Tom really does all of the new guys and, and, uh, and I mean, it was, I don't know, it's, it's, it changes so much, you know, there's so many different people that go out there, but I mean, Tom helped me out so much because I was in max D at the time. And I mean, we would watch videos after videos after videos, um, in his office. And, and it was cool, you know, to be able to, to sit back with somebody that, that's been in the sport for so long at the shop, you know, at monster jam university, um, doing all of that kind of stuff. And then you got guys like John that were out there that were, you know, really helping me out with seeing what was going on outside of the truck and being able to relay that information that's helpful to me, you know, when I'm inside the truck, cause I can feel it, but I don't know how it looks, you know I mean? Like you can put a wheelie up into the air, but I mean, is it, can you go further backwards, you know? And, and John was the one that was really giving me the answer to, Hey, you know, let it eat, let it go up the ramp and just full throttle wide open and let, let it wing up a little bit in the air. And, um, and I mean, it's, it's just cool working with all them out there and especially seeing all the people that, uh, that come out there and, and work so hard to, uh, to become great, you know, so they've got a pretty good facility out there. Um, and I mean, it's came a long way since, since I've been there, I haven't been there in probably, I don't know, two years. So the last time that we went was October before the 2015 more monster jam series started off. So we went in October and then we did, uh, November or December, whenever we did Hampton. Ooh, that was a grueling so, week. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, really, I haven't been back since then. Um, but, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things, and I've seen videos and pictures and everything. So, I mean, the boys and girls out there in Paxton are doing it right, for sure. It's definitely changed they, the game a little bit, because I can remember I was I got brought up to go and work that week of rehearsals in Hampton before the first ever actual live events, if you will, for more Monster Jam. And that was a tough week, but I think the most overwhelming thing for me that I got out of watching that was to see how much progression there was amongst you drivers that had been, you know, competing already, whether it was you or Cody or Becky um, or the Basil brothers. You know, you guys all were progressing so much over a short period of time. And not to say that your skills weren't great before, but there was definitely a new edge that could be found there. And then to right. see where the new drivers were coming in is, you know, normally you expect a rookie to basically have little to no seat time before coming in. Whereas you guys had already put in X amount of shows worth of rehearsals and everything like that. And then seeing what you were doing with the track as well, with it being such a totally different thing. 
you guys were making things happen with just funky bounces that otherwise I think a lot of people would have been on their lids real fast. I mean, I think it was our Wednesday night rehearsal. You probably couldn't see it because you were in the back. But I wish there was a video camera rolling on it. Becky did one of the most spectacular saves I think I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, dude, a year ago? Not hating on Becky, but that truck would have been over and cartwheeled and into the wall and then knocked the power out of the building there in Hampton because you got that power box on the I think, pole. Yeah, I think I remember that one. I I, I was in the back, and and uh, and I I was sitting in my pit stall and saw it. You could see her just kind of like tunnel. spin around on the tail and just yeah. brought it right back down. And I was like, how in the – like that wouldn't have happened for her, you know, a year or two earlier. And it was just one of those things I was seeing moves that you guys were doing that otherwise I, I just didn't see happening beforehand. You could see the quicker reaction time to a truck pitching over onto the side. And you guys were able to pull out of saves that I think a lot of people would have been over on their roof so fast. And it's because you guys had spent so much time, you know, really honing your skills and, you know, putting in all this work out there in Paxton. Yeah, man, the, the seat time is, is really... I mean, it's I, it's like it's exactly the way that I tell the boys on the soccer team. I mean, it's like if you you have to practice in game like situations because um, if you don't practice game like, you're you're not gonna be game like in the game, you know. So you're gonna already practice your bad habits. So I mean, it's the same way in the monster trucks. It's, I mean, you can't just get into a monster truck at this day and age and compete at the high level that you're expected to compete at when you go to, you know, a Houston stadium show or an Orlando or, you know, Indianapolis or something like that, you know, to where fans are packing the place out and you're expected to give them a show, you know? And, um, I mean, really with the seat time that Paxton provides you, you are able to do that in your first season, you know? So, I mean, take guys like Bryce Kinney, for example. I mean, Bryce Kinney, it's kind of a funny story that, Bryce is driving because he was the guy he, he was the guy that pretty much took me under when I went to Campbell as my official visit uh, was going on there so he was a senior I think at the time I was an incoming freshman and I did my official visit and stayed in his apartment with him and I had no idea that the kid was motorsports oriented and and was you know driving top fuel cars and all that stuff and I'm like what and we linked up later on down the road and and was able to get him a spot driving just because i mean i knew what he was capable of i mean if you can control the top fuel car at 300 mile an hour you know for through three four seconds i mean that's that says something in its own you know and me being able to be in the truck and go through monster jam university and and know that hey you know it's not just I'm going to jump behind the wheel of this monster jam truck and just go wide open and hit a jump. It's like, you got to have control. You know I mean? If you're going into an arena and you think that, all right, I'm going to bonsai this car, but don't even think about, you know, the building or the a pillar or the stands that are right next to it, you know? And I mean, Bryce is that type of guy that, that has that type of control, has that mental focus that he can get it done. And, uh, and he put seat time in at Paxton, and I mean he comes out in Monster Mutt this year and kills it. I mean does a great job, you know. And and I mean now this season he's going to be moving in and and uh, doing the Mohawk Warrior deal. And and I mean I'm stoked for him. You know he's a great driver, great guy. Um, 
So, I mean, really, it's it's those type of people, you know, that are coming into the sport that, that are just progressing so fast. And it keeps all of us on our toes, you know, to where it's like the guys like Dennis and Tom and and Adam and Ryan. I mean, yeah, they're, they were, you know, big dogs, but it's like we're right there to run with them. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's funny you brought up Bryce because I really do feel like he's one of those shining examples of seat time in a short amount of time really making such huge difference, you know, between what you expect out of a rookie versus today's expectations because I went to Raleigh back in April and I didn't really pay any attention to what was happening on the arena side of things. I was more just kind of in my own little bubble of stadium shows and everything like that. And I had zero expectation for Bryce, you know, when I went in. I was just like, all right, well, I'll see what this guy's got. You know, I was more or less like, oh, watch Adam and, you know, some of the other guys and, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I know already are going to put on a show and, you know, just hang out with my buds. And started watching Bryce, you know, that first wheelie contest. I was like, whoa, dude's got it. Like, these are some sweet oh, yeah. wheelies. This is not just, like, dumb luck and he just, you know was pulling off sweet wheelies you could tell there was a lot of skill and precision being put into that and i was like this dude's got it like i'm excited to see bryce kenny drive at a show now and you know i want to see you know what he can do you know moving forward now that dude's on my radar i want to you know follow him and not only that but he's a very energetic personal guy he kills it on the mic like he's just a great personality and he was also running around with the norman brothers all year long which is just an awesome pairing to have because those dudes are some of the most fun to work a show with. And so I can imagine that trio had a lot of fun last winter. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we were, when we were over in Australia, Philip was over there Um, and I mean, yeah, we, we had a couple, couple days during the week to hang out and we were able to go to a, um, a trampoline park and Phil came with us and we had such a good time until he hit some little girl in the face with a dodgeball. But (laughs) that's, that's part of the game, you know. <laughs> Only so, Philip. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was it was cool, man. Philip's a great guy. So is Christian. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy to see the way that the sport's going. Um, I mean, it's some good, some bad, but I mean, it, it'll all it, it'll all even out at the end, you know. I think that you know we we have the greatest fans in the world for Monster Jam, and and uh, I mean they're so loyal and. I mean, coming back every single year to, to every stop that we go to, I mean, I've got people that are already shooting me messages about this year, the first quarter. Um, I mean, coming to Houston, you know, um, Forrest with Monster Trunk uh, photos. I mean, he's he shot me a text today and was like, yeah, man, I got a job and everything, but, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to make it to the show, but I could still have you guys come over to my house for, for dinner, you know I mean? I mean, those are the types of, of fans that just, you know, blow you away every, every year. I mean, Forrest sends us stuff all the time. And I mean, I've got stuff hanging up in my, in my bay at the shop from him, you know, banners and everything and such a good guy. But, um, but I mean, I've, I've yet to make it to the West coast. People are still shooting me messages about it all the time. Like, Hey man, when are you going to come to Anaheim or San Diego? And, and I mean, the time's coming, so I'm just kind of sitting back and and uh, cherishing it while I've got time to, you know, really rip it up in a gravedigger. So, um, but yeah, man, it's been good. Looking forward to 2017 for sure. Yeah, man, it's definitely gonna be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be on the FS1 East tour with you as well. 
I think we're going to call this one uh, about done here. But before we go, just want to make sure everybody check out Morgan on social media. Got all of his social media accounts at Corgan Maine for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Morgan Edward Kane, I think, is your fan profile. Um, but yeah, should be a good time. Th- uh, check out Morgan Kane.com. We'll have all your dates up there uh, sometime soon once we get, you know, all the schedule stuff confirmed and everything like that. Um, Thanks for joining me, dude. I've had a blast talking yeah, to you. Yeah, man. For sure, man. It's been great. Um, we'll definitely have to link up again within the next couple of weeks and uh, go have some lunch at Bad Bean. I know you were quite disappointed the other day when you went there and they were closed. So. Dude, who closes on a Sunday? I mean, I know it's off-season <laughs> here on the Outer Banks, but like, you get your yeah. heart set on something, you want to go out to eat, and then you get there and it's like, oh, hey, we closed for the day. And it's like, what? But yeah, yeah if you're man, ever you on text, the Outer Banks. You text me about that. When you texted me about that, I was like, ooh, I need to get that Cuban sandwich right now. Yeah. So, folks, if you're listening, if you ever come on vacation, go visit Digger's Dungeon and all that stuff down here on the Outer Banks. You got to hit up Bad Bean. Awesome food. Great Mexican food. A lot of variety. Cool restaurant. One of our favorites. We've been in there a few different times now to go grab lunch. But yeah, uh, thanks again for joining us, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you this winter. We'll have to definitely link up and do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, let's try and do it before first quarter, and uh, that way we can, or maybe even the middle of first quarter, just to kind of you know spice things up a little bit. You'll be on the same tour, so I mean, we'll be able to to uh, to do some things there. Yeah, man. I think I'm gonna be Thursday flying all year, like you. So, or hopefully you're Thursday flying all year. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, up, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that's not. I don't know how that's gonna go yet. So. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, it's good chatting with you, man. If you got anything to say to the fans before we sign off, uh, have at it. Yeah, man. It's it's going to be crazy this year. 35th anniversary for Gravedigger, and we're gearing up. Uh, I mean, definitely to kill it in every single city that we come to. I mean, we got two new drivers adding to the team, and and uh, I know every other driver that's on Gravedigger is is ready to kill it this year. So um, be ready for Las Vegas. We're probably going to do an encore, so get your tickets. They're already on sale. Hopefully we can uh, wow you fans and hopefully continue with the championships. We've uh, got a brand-new truck coming along, uh, GD33 for me, and uh, ready to rip it up. All right, dude. Well, thanks again for joining us. That's it for this edition of the Monster Truck Podcast. Uh, follow us on YouTube for uh, – the next uh, podcast coming up uh twitter at the all monster instagram at all monster facebook all monster you know where to find us anywho thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon